Happy Monday, friends. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July holiday. Today's episode brings two of my best friends, Christina Pellegrini Janadek and Rachel Denae, and they take us through parenting and the realities of it and take us through their own personal postpartum journeys and what they did to kind of get through that and cope with any struggles that they have raising their girls as well as getting rid of the whole mom shaming mom guilt and overall just parenting the way that you need to that's best for your situation and your children listen enjoy and have a great day what up hi Hi. oh i'm so excited too hi hi Oh, but anyways, how are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited for this. Oh, I'm very, very welcome. Yeah. uh, I'm going to edit this. Well, Christina, if you ever need someone to show you the root, like the ways of good parenthood, that was one of mom's days out. She, we went to go yeah. to the coffee shop and all of a sudden she whips out these two, it wasn't Bailey's, but it was like those coffee liqueurs. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a coffee liqueur, but it was like fallish time. We were oh, coming into fallish time. So it was, it was pumpkin and maple. It was so good. Liqueur for our yep. coffee tasting. Well, Christina yeah. also used to have a purse that had the little like bag that you can <laughs> fill with wine. <laughs> I still have it. I but still, my well, favorite again, part. These are all tips. Well, my favorite tips. part was you're like, I mean, I can fill it up with peas, like juice for her, and I'm like, juice oh, for peas? Sure. Okay. Never okay. Been <laughs> well, your mom also oh, gave you the hint so... of using coconut oils for multiple yes. reasons. So. Yes. Yes. AKA, yeah. and I mean, she also gives it to everybody <laughs> else too. <laughs> so yeah, mine too. Oh my god! Okay, be great. Well, so anyways, thanks again for joining. Uh, for the listeners out there, can you guys share a little bit more about who you are? Christina, you go first. Okay. <laughs> um. So I've known Al since Buckle days. I was new to Minnesota and Gina, who is now our, my aunt, our boss now, um, said I should apply to work at Buckle to meet people my own age. Cause I guess she didn't think me going out with 50 and 60 year olds was a good idea. <laughs> However, best crew ever. Good time. Good time gals is what I like to call them. Yeah. So, um, I was having a ton of fun, but they were considerably older than me and <laughs> I um yeah I met Al through Buckle and um she is just a gem of a human and soul and I feel like our souls clicked and it was um it was love we became sight. really great friends exactly we became really great friends and I exactly <laughs> um I am um, mom of a crazy seven-year-old with some crazy mood swings and she probably gets it from me but I'm going to say she gets it from her dad <laughs> and um, yeah she's been keeping me on my toes and I work with Al and I know Rachel through our husbands our best friends and that's how I met Rachel and she was another one like 
Rachel is a gem of a human too. And we clicked right away from, you know, Nick and Nick, um, the Knicks Knicks Mm -hmm. being best friends. And um, I'm lucky that I have so many people in my corner to truly help me kind of through this, this journey of being a mom and a wife and uh, trying to keep yourself. uh, And I think that's the hardest part about not being a single person whether it's going into a marriage or becoming a parent you kind of lose that sense of self I think as a woman and it's great to have people like you guys in in my life at least that keep me able to be me and and feel like I have a handle on who I was so that's about a little bit about me okay perfect Rachel (laughs) Well, I met Al through Christina Mm -hmm. and little fun fact is that Nick, Al and Christina, you guys are all together when you guys all first met. Yeah, that's right. That's ironic. Well, it is ironic that we all went. And was this the, was this the famous, um, face plant? No, that was the second date. Yeah. 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 So Christina, so Christina was like, hey can you go on a double date with me because like what if he's like a murderer or something and it's like that's fair that's fair like I mean (laughs) right right so like sure I'll take one for the team and then we went to go play hockey the second time around and that's when I ate shit on the ice and everyone (laughs) thought I cracked my face but I was like laughing hysterically because I was like I'm a fucking idiot and don't know how to (laughs) like get on the ice which is funny because I've skated so many years so yeah that is that is a fun fact but then when you came into the picture Rachel I was like I love her she's fucking hilarious and so then I think (laughs) it just helped that we all clicked um so agree I I agree no I feel I feel that we all clicked right away um and I worked with Christina's husband Nick Genedek and that's how Nick and I met and so then we all clicked the St. Paul house oh, way back you, in the day. You lived, mm-hmm. or you worked at the infamous Best Buy together? I, oh, you haven't heard about these stories from Nick? I'll get, I'll let him fill you in. Oh, <laughs> I, I knew like yes. it was something like that, but I didn't realize that. Okay, go on, go yes. on, sorry. <laughs> so we worked at Best Buy together, Nick, Nick, and me. And then, um, yeah, then after Nick and I started dating, met Christina and, um, gosh, that was already like 12 years ago. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I, um, holy shit that long ago, I know 12 years ago. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Oh. Isn't that crazy? I know. So yeah. And Christina has been a rock for me with, um, being a mom. I have Mila who is four, almost five. And then Jolie, who's three. And I will say motherhood is the rockiest most rewarding journey but everything literally changes and I don't think I was ever ready for that so Christina helped be a rock for me in that and gosh I don't know yeah I feel like you guys help keep me myself like she was saying so it's it's well worth it well and for me since I don't have kids obviously like I you guys had helped me through the whole relationship stuff like with marriage and like the reality of it and even like the Knicks like were very good about the reality of like marriage and stuff like that and then as I obviously transitioned into like 
more of like the separation, the divorce, like you guys all have been such a huge part of my healing. So I appreciate that from you guys because we also can relate to about like the husband aspect of like what they do, what they don't do. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, so that that has been like such a pivotal part in my life. Um, because you guys have been through all the transitions with me, like dating, mm-hmm. marriage, and now divorce. So yeah. But so it's been it's been a wild ride. <laughs> and I must say and you're I killing think- it as much as you can. It sucks. Yeah. You're you are strong and that that I really admire in you. I appreciate that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Well, so I know as far as like the parenting stuff goes and, um, you know, like the postpartum, I feel like one of the biggest things that doesn't really get not brought up or maybe brought up or like discussed enough is like the postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And as like, as moms, how did you guys navigate towards that or around it through it? You know, how did you guys navigate that when you guys had your children? So when I had Perian, you know, I had a, a difficult time getting pregnant with her and I had the miscarriage before her. And then when I was pregnant with her, I wasn't, I don't think fully over the fact that I had a miscarriage. I don't think I let myself properly heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're in the zone of trying to get pregnant and having fertility stuff against you your goal is to get pregnant and you don't think of the losses and, and healing from those. So I think that was part of my uh, really postpartum journey is I never healed from the first miscarriage. And then mm-hmm. after we had Perry Ann, um, she had latching issues. She wouldn't latch. Uh, and I was very disconnected. I didn't, I didn't say I love you to my daughter until she was four months old. And that was the hardest probably part for me now um, as I'm through the postpartum depression and anxiety was realizing I didn't have that connection with her in the beginning and I feel very guilty and I think that's another thing like the mom guilt you're always going to cycle through some sort of mom guilt and Mm -hmm. as a mother I don't think people give themselves enough grace I think you you live in this constant guilt um and we don't know how to be okay with like I'm not the perfect mom I'm screwing up all the time but that makes it perfect and this is my journey and I'm gonna own it I'm gonna be okay with it I don't think a lot of people allow themselves to do it because especially now with social media and Mm -hmm. TikTok and everything else you see all these like great moms that are like packing these amazing lunches and Mm -hmm. writing notes and you're like oh my god I I can't even clean the bathroom today because I'm in this fog. Um, And so it was kind of an up and down ride. And, and finally it it was after Perian's first birthday. um, Well, maybe a little bit before her first birthday, I was standing over Nick as he was changing her diaper and telling him all the things that he was doing wrong. And he turned around and he's like, I'm done. I'm now done with this. You either get help or I'm, I, this cannot continue with you. This is not normal. What you're doing is not okay. I can mm-hmm. change your diaper. And if I don't do it the exact way that you think it should be done, she's going to survive. And at that point I was kind of like, okay, I didn't realize all the things I was 
was doing. Um, I mean, until after her first birthday, he couldn't drive in the car with her. I wouldn't allow him to drive in the car with her without me. And it was a very dark place. Um, Gina and Andy took Perianne for over a week while Nick and I got help. Um, And then it was really just allowing myself to grieve the pregnancy, to grieve uh, my pregnancy with Perianne, to grieve the first year of her life that I wasn't connected to her and be okay that this is what it is and I can't go backwards to change anything. All I could do is go forward and know that it's going to be really rocky from here on out. And I think that was probably the biggest blessing of my life. And it changed me in so many different ways because motherhood is constant rockiness. As -hmm. soon as you get something down, something changes. And as the type of person I was before Perianne, I would have at some point drowned in the world of motherhood. And Mm -hmm. I, I got help. I was in therapy for three months every day. And then it went to three times a week. And then it went to every once a week. And, you know, I still do therapy once a quarter just to kind of do a self-check. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also now notice when I'm spiraling out of control or when something's really, um, I'm going down the, the wrong path or I'm getting really frustrated with Perianne, I'm able to have that self-check. And yeah. that really stemmed from getting the professional help, but also the medication help. Like I've been on Zoloft since for six years, going to be eight, seven years in September. And every time they'll say to me, like, should we talk about getting off of it? And it's just like, this keeps me here. So Mm -hmm. if I die 10 years earlier, because I was on a medication, it keeps me here. It keeps me level. It keeps me where I'm not ripping someone's head off. And I need it. I need that. Even if it's just subconsciously, I feel I need it. I think you got to do what you got to do. And Mm -hmm. I think dads are allowed to do what they have to do. Moms aren't allowed to do what they have to do. And the one thing I started with Perry Ann was the first Mother's Day. And I wasn't connected with her. So I didn't want to spend time with her on Mother's Day. But I continued it is I went and did something for myself. Mother's Day isn't about me spending time with my child. Mother's Day is about what I need as a mother. And so every Mm -hmm. Mother's Day, I do something alone. And in the afternoon, I spend time with Nick and Perry Ann. But I spend the first part of my Mother's Day or the last part of my Mother's Day doing something for me. And I think that's the most beneficial thing as a mom you could do is take the day for you to do whatever you want to do and focus on my self-check. What do I need? And I think we need to do like, we need to normalize that a little more of, you know, having a mom go on a a hunting weekend, so to speak, and it it being okay. (laughs) And not being like, right. You're leaving your kid for a week. You're leaving your kid for a weekend. It's like, yeah, it's like, stop with the shame. And I don't feel guilty. Yeah. I don't feel guilty about it. But I think there's so much like like, shame of that. Like people are like shaming moms for it, but it's like, we as humans need that need it ourselves like even despite having a kid despite whatever it is in your life everyone needs some sort of form of self-care on what you need for you to fill up that cup so that's a that's a great point to make that you know um because now that I think about it I don't even know if like what my mom did for Mother's Day like uh, you know like growing up it's like it was always like take your mom out to brunch or Mm -hmm. um 
and get it and then give them a gift or whatever it might be. Or... Right. Mm -hmm. right. Right. So I, I like you that you made that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's the last thing my mom probably wanted to do because she was always working. She was always taking care of us. So it's like, I, I see your point of the last thing you want to do is have to, not that you don't like your kid, but it's like, you just need to get a little break. Like every mm -hmm. mom deserves a break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that self-check, yeah. it's a yearly marker where mm -hmm. you could reflect on, okay, this past year, what did I do that I need to change? I need to take Sundays for myself. Like one of the things now that I do is every Sunday morning, for the most part, there's been a couple of weekends that life happens and, and it doesn't work. I go physically go to church because yeah. it just, it, it gives me that hour of peace of mind and I need it to have my sanity. So that to me is, is hell or high water. <laughs> speaking of I go to church <laughs> Heller, holy so, water. Um, yeah, holy water so I think it's just having that that yearly marker of checking in on myself mm -hmm. looking back at your journal or looking back at whatever it may be your mm -hmm. Facebook posts or whatever your pictures and just saying okay there's a lot of pictures of my kids there's not a lot of pictures of me in it we need to do more things that I'm involved in or that I take pictures with them or whatever it may be. It's just a, a day I feel for moms to reflect <laughs> on themselves and what they need. Yeah. yeah. And you've always been really good about that, Christina, where you like, what do you need? Like if I'm ever having like moment of or time of just being in a funk or not myself or overwhelmed or anything like that, you're like, what do you need? It doesn't matter what Nick needs. It doesn't matter what the kids need. Mm -hmm. What do you need? Do you need to go like, I, I go to church with Christina a lot and it's, it's like finding that together has been really great. And then doing anything self-reflection or you go do your retreat and mm -hmm. go and find yourself there. And it's like, it just makes me realize like being a mom, yes, you're taking care of other people, including your husband. Um, but you're also need to take care of yourself first in those mm -hmm. times when you're so down and out that you need to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anyone else. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, if you're not fully there, it's yeah, it's just, it's a struggle. So no, you're right. Well, and the other thing as a mom, you feel like, and as a woman, you feel like they need me around mm -hmm. in order to survive. They need me around Yeah, mm -hmm. and they don't. Your mm -hmm. husband doesn't, your kids don't, they'll figure it out. I mean, mm -hmm. they need an adult around, mm -hmm. but they don't, it doesn't have to be you all right. the time. Yeah. So I, I, that was a hard shift because I feel everyone needs me around. Hell oh, we yeah. do, <laughs> but honestly we do. Um, I mean, <laughs> but just that how else are we going to get like, our life past? They don't. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Exactly. But I could give them to you on a Tuesday. If I need my Sunday morning, it doesn't have to be done on a Sunday morning. <laughs> right. So right. I think, and that I think is why I say my postpartum was the greatest blessing of my life mm -hmm. was because I had to have so much time to reflect on how I was going to heal myself and continue to heal myself. So I didn't go back into that place. And it was really one of the reasons why I didn't want to have more kids was I did desperately did not want to go back in that place. It was such yeah. a scary place for me where I, I had no control over myself and it, 
I didn't want that to happen again. And I correlated pregnancy in the first year of my kid's life with that scary time. So Mm -hmm. I think it was a good thing um, and a bad thing because Nick probably would have liked more kids. But now we're at a point where it's like, this was just, our life was meant to be this way. Yeah. This is, yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. And I know Rachel, uh, you had kind of gone through some postpartum stuff too, if Mm -hmm. I'm correct. Um, I guess like for you, how, cause you have two kids. So like, did it, it, did it differ with each pregnancy or kind of how did that work for you? What's interesting is I think with Mila, I didn't bond with her right away versus Jolie. When I look back, I realized I did not have that bond with her right away. Um, but I think that Nick and I went through postpartum with Mila. Um, that was, we both kind of weren't, I don't think we were expecting such a big change, which yes, it's a child, but, um, yeah, I think it was the most stressful point in our relationship. Um, Nick would get off. We worked opposite shifts, but when I was on maternity leave, Mila was very colic. That's what I call it. But, um, Mm -hmm. she would go through the entire day, didn't nap unless she was attached to me. Um, she had to either be on me or next to me, or it was just always that constant touch that she needed. And so by the end of the day, I was touched out. And so Nick would get home around 1030 which was her witching hour, honestly. Um, and I would be like, I need you to take her. And he would come home and then he'd get frustrated to the point where he just, we would yell at each other. We'd have these matches where we'd scream at each other. And it was very interesting because we had never done that before. So for us, I feel like it was almost him having more postpartum, which I do believe guys can have it too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because he also did, lose a lot of weight when I was pregnant with her because he was nauseous so he went through a lot of like the emotional changes with me um which was very interesting and he lost a lot of weight while I was pregnant because of stress we had his gallbladder checked we had his appendix checks all these things because he was so nauseous and lacked appetite and then when she came into the world then it was just like it kind of continued for him Mm -hmm. where then he um would get into these very anxious episodes and that sort of thing. Um, when, before I got pregnant, before I knew I wanted kids, I had gone through like an anxiety journey and Christina can remember this too, because I didn't want to do medicine. I had been on medicine when I was in high school and it went very wrong. And so I avoided medic medication for, I think I stopped medication when I was 19 and then I started back on medication when I was 27. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was Christina who actually talked to me about it and she talked to me about her Zoloft journey and said it worked well. And it was something you could do while you're pregnant or nursing safely. Um, because I didn't want to start something to have to get off of it because I knew how much of a struggle that could be. Um, so without, doing that ahead of time, I think it might've been much worse because not only would it have been my anxiety on top of it, it would have been Nick's yeah. anxiety too. Um, and then with 
Mila also being colic and all that, um, right out of the gate, it was, yeah, it was just kind of an interesting uphill battle, but it was not until after we got her off of breast milk and did formula that, um, it was like, that was, that was pretty life-changing for both of us. Cause I think then he could feed her and then I could have a break and then he felt more bonded with her. And it was kind of this back and forth struggle there. But then I think that's kind of when things turned around for us though, too. So, yeah. yeah. So I think with her, it was that. And then with Jolie coming, she was 14 months, they're 14 months apart. When Jolie came into the world, it was like, we bonded right away. It was great. Um, but then, um, I, after her delivery, um, my epidural went wrong. Um, it punctured a sac. And so oh I had God. a spinal, yeah. All these things you don't know about. They don't tell you about when you're no. all these things, right? <laughs> oh. Um, no, so of a cross for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. So they, they had punctured a sack and the nurse told me, she said, now, if you have a headache, make sure you tell somebody. And she kept, um, the, I should say the anesthesiologist, when she gave me the epidural, she must've told me it five times and said, if you get a headache, I want you to tell us right away. And so I, the whole night after having Jolie, I was like, man, I must've pushed way too hard on something. And I was like, cause I think I like pinched a nerve. That's what it felt like. And I would go up, get up to go to the bathroom and, or get up to move. And if I stood up, I had an immediate headache where I could not even stand up straight. And so anywho, next day they do a blood patch. Everything was better, but it still was a, a little bit of a recovery after childbirth. Right. Um, and yeah. So then with her, it was a little bit different. It was like her cry sent me into a different type of postpartum. Like it sent rage through my body. <laughs> so it was, Oh, interesting. It was, yeah, it was an interesting thing. And I never put two and two together until Christina was over one day. And I'm like, I cannot stand her cry. Her cry sends me through the roof. It makes me angry instantly. And she was like, do you think it's anything to do with when you were in pain and then her cry and it was like through the mm. night. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how it could be so different between the two girls, especially so close together. Um, perhaps if I had felt really great after her delivery, cause everything else felt great. Her, it was so smooth and it was very fast and it was great. Um, except for that one thing. And I think everything happens for a reason, but um, yeah, so it's postpartum. It, is different for everybody, but I do think that it is very real for both the mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I would agree. I think that's Mm -hmm. also, again, I obviously don't know um, from my own experience, but from like you guys, other friends, family, um, the one thing that always stands out in my mind is um, that they can't, you can read anything about parenting you can learn anything about parenting listen to podcasts all you want but at the end of the day it's it's not going to help you with what you have ahead of you because mm-hmm. each child is so different just like each human being we're all individuals for a reason so it's just I just I can't imagine having to 
have the mom shame or the mom guilt on top of like you guys also like being in your careers and doing what you're doing now. So it's, I mean, I guess what is something that you have found that has been really helpful in kind of overcoming that feeling of I should be doing this or I should do that um, versus this is what's needed for my child and fuck everyone else. So is there something that you guys, you know, like that you guys do yourself that like really helps you kind of get through that and like kind of shift your mindset on that set in that sense? I find that how I look at my everyday, because like Christina said, with the social media stuff, I feel like it puts me personally into a spiral of, oh my God, I'm not creating these luxury bedrooms for my kids. Oh my God, I'm not their outfits don't match and their hair isn't done and they look like a wreck after they come home from daycare. But like I, how I look at it is, do we come home to a stable environment at home? Yeah. Do my kids also know that we love them at the end of the night? Do we, we don't go and do luxurious vacations or, all these sports and and activities and all these things that make me feel like, oh my gosh, I should be doing that to be a good mom. But for me and for my girls, I find that routine and structure and just showing them what a good person does on a daily basis, treating people well and being a kind person. Those are kind of things that I feel like are very important and my values as a mom. And that is what helps me just stay grounded and say, I'm doing okay because the mom guilt seems to come from every direction. (laughs) And in my career, talking with other moms and finding out, oh, they're doing sports or they're doing activities or they're going on a vacation or they're going on a trip. And these things that financially don't fit in our agenda just doesn't make me a bad mom. It doesn't make other people a a bad mom or a great mom. It's just, that's just, everyone has their own routine and what works well for their family and what they can do and afford. And yeah, it's just this constant battle. And some days I feel very guilty. And some days I'm like, that wasn't such a bad day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's, it's a really hard thing. It's mom guilt is very real. I never realized how real it is and how it always changes. Yeah. And I think too, you, I think, I think people have well intentions when they give advice or they give their opinions. And I don't think generally most people do it to um, hurt anyone. But I know Mm -hmm. like when I was going through the postpartum, one of the things is I didn't want to say I had postpartum or I was struggling because they were going to take my kid away or they were going to label me a bad mom or people would say uh you know you just need a lever and she'll be fine like just lever you're you're making this into a bigger deal and I know they weren't coming from a place of trying to judge or shame me but I felt so much shame in the beginning that now it I don't I don't want to say I don't care but I don't I don't care what other people's opinion is Mm -hmm. of how I'm as a mother, as a wife, as whatever. I just, I, I don't care. And Nick is a a big 
like jokester and he like tries to get the jabs in on everybody mm. and he likes to oh, get true. he likes to like get a laugh but that's I mean, an we, understatement we were, yeah exactly <laughs> and you know when we were in Jamaica he had said oh they went they did a scuba diving or a snorkeling thing in Jamaica and I was like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm out. I'm not going to do it. And Nick was like, you're, you're doing it. You're being so lame. You're blah, 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 blah. And like, everybody was giving it to me at every angle. Like, you're going to yeah. do it. This is a vacation. And I said, the thing I think that you guys don't realize about me is I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think I should be doing. I know I'm not doing it. I yeah. know I don't want to do that. Or I know I'm doing the best I can. So yeah. you can think whatever you want to think. I can't change that, but I can change me feeling like I have to please everybody else because you're never going to. Yeah. And, and I think that did really come from the postpartum part is I had to let go of the control that Over, you yeah. just don't have. And it's, it's so much easier said than done. Cause it's literally taken me eight, my parents going to be eight in September, eight years to get to the point where my mom life and my wife life and my employee life or whatever it is as a friendship, I can only give what I can give. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to feel guilty for not being able to give more. And if people don't like that, they don't have to surround themselves with me. If I'm not your cup of tea, I'm not your cup of tea. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a reflection on them or me. I just think some people don't mesh and that's okay. But mm-hmm. you have to be okay with relationships ending people saying things about you and just know that you're who you are and that's enough and be centered with that and however you get there whether it's meditating going to church whatever whatever you believe in just leaning on that belief and allowing yourself to fail and be okay with that failure I was kind of going off of what you're saying too. I feel like I was reflecting on like motherhood because I knew we were going to be talking about it and trying to think like, what is like one of the best things or some of the best things, of course, besides, you know, the girls, of course, right. That have come out of motherhood. And Mm -hmm. I honestly can say I've lost, like you said, you lose some friendships. You kind of have to like let go of the control of it and say, you know, whatever happens, happens. But it has also brought me some of the best friendships and relationships mm-hmm. that I've experienced through my whole life. And some people who I maybe once wasn't close with, and now that I am a mom and their moms too, or they understood the idea of motherhood, it's brought me so close, so much closer to other people and shown me a whole nother side of other people. Mm-hmm non-judgmental sides and you know just willingness to be open and listen to you and help you through like I said it's like the toughest thing I've ever experienced in life but like also very rewarding it's it's been just really cool on that side of things to think motherhood has brought me some of the best friendships I've ever experienced well it also it, it almost gives you like a vulnerability to like really be yourself mm-hmm. um because I feel like if I had, I, I mean, going back to like uh, miscarriages, like when I had my miscarriage, like I knew I could go to Christina because she mm-hmm. had one and I knew I could ask her openly about like why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, 
um, what to do, how to go about it. Um, and it, I could go to you, Christina, without any judgment. And I could even go to you, Rachel, without any judgment. So I think for someone who doesn't have kids, but to be able to, to go to you guys and really share and be vulnerable myself really helps because I think it almost like makes you appreciate, again, that's just from my point of view, it makes you appreciate like the things that you have a lot more um, mm -hmm. in the relationships that you have, because you realize that the ones that you're now close with have so much more of this, the core values that align with your own. And I think that's, what's been really helpful for me is like being able to go to you guys and know that like, I'm safe. Like I can come to you guys in a safe place and talk to you guys about really anything. And that's, that's hard. That's hard to come by. That's, especially in this day and age, um, and especially for kids growing up in the era that we're growing up in or that we're living through now, it's there's so much hate, uh, disparity, everything coming from all angles in life that I think that you guys are doing a great job. And I'm not saying that because you guys are my friends. I'm honestly, truly saying that you guys you're what you're what you're doing with your kids is really showing through because they are respectful I mean like your girls all three of them are very like kind like sweet kids and obviously they have their moments because I've I've yes. seen those moments <laughs> I was gonna say are you talking about my kids no, no, no. I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen the moments don't worry don't worry but at the end of the day knowing that they need to treat other people with respect and kindness is huge yeah because yeah. you yeah. see other other kids that are just downright rude to people and it's like where are your values like where are your manners and it's like that is a true testament to your parenting um whether whether you guys are going taking them on vacations or not I mean I think at the end of the day looking back like we I grew up in a like a middle class to lower middle class household and we didn't get to go to on vacations except for to visit my family in the Philippines but at the end of the day, what I remember most is my mom being there for us whenever yeah. we needed her. So I think that is the biggest thing that you may not see it, but like I see it coming through with your children. So I just want to let you guys know that you guys are doing fucking awesome. <laughs> and thank it's also you. because I love you, you both, but you know, <laughs> no, a little you. bit of it too. No, <laughs> maybe a little biased. <laughs> That's why I always say I'm like, it's you have a little, you're a little biased because yeah. you know, yeah, we're um, pretty awesome, but at yeah. the same time, we're biased too. No, yeah. just kidding. But I mean, Thanks. I mean, I guess kind of going into that aspect, uh, in the realm of the social media and stuff like that. I mean, now that your girls are getting older, like, I guess, how are you going to navigate through that? Because I see my friends whose kids are, you know, like teens and they're like, I, I don't know how to control the TikTok, mm -hmm. the Snapchats, because there's so much going on that it's like, you, I know you have to choose your battles, but at the same time, it's like, it's a scary world out there. So mm -hmm. like, what, what do you foresee yourselves doing like to kind of navigate and kind of go through that? Oh, obstacle it is it is really scary because I, I feel like I feel like I will say this is what I'll do or what I'm going to try to do and by the time mm -hmm. because the girls are four and three by the time I get to yeah. it there's really so many other things which is really scary to think about so I always kind of 
navigate it by either looking at what Christina's doing or my sister also has a seven-year-old or trying to kind of navigate it that way but I feel like I'll say one thing and I'll do another down the road because it's gonna be so different yeah I think like Perianne is very right now into the YouTube she wants to be a YouTube star and she records herself that doesn't surprise me (laughs) and she's you know yeah she's having Nick do like transitions of turning on and off the light so she can do a transition and I think part of it is you know she's I want her to be creative and and exercise her creativity however she wants to and and I want her to know like she doesn't have to do YouTube behind my back in a sense Mm -hmm. now she's on my YouTube it's set to private nobody can even see her videos unless I send it to somebody because I don't want her out out on the internet but she thinks she's doing YouTubes or or TikToks as she will say and so it's still feeding her creativity and like letting still her feeding know, like, that okay. creativity. Yeah. Exactly. And I know like, you know, she has a phone that has Wi-Fi only on it and she um she'll have to have be on the internet or use like my hotspot in order to to ever do any of these things. But also like her YouTube is on my phone. So I could see what type of videos right. she made. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, there's guidelines. And if there's something that I feel is too old for her, like, we watch it together. And I'm like, that's, you're trying to be older than you are. And I don't want you to grow up faster than you have to grow up. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take it down. But I'll tell her why I decided that it's not going to be out there. Even though people can't view it, mm-hmm. she doesn't know that. And right. I think right now, because it's going to be, for me at least, it's such a huge thing um out there in the world that I can't I can't not she's not going to not be exposed to it right right and so if I can have a handle on it and she's she can do that knowing that mom is going to be watching what you're doing and correcting you Mm -hmm. if I feel like you're going a little above your age there Mm -hmm. and she's been okay with it at this point but again she's you know she's almost eight so we have such a long ways to go yeah but I think just kind of moving you know you never know what you're going to do at what age so moving that and having those conversations as a family or with her to keep adjusting what is acceptable in your house and what is not and when it's not acceptable like the one thing that I try not to do is scream at her and go ballistic and say like you're never doing it and not giving her a reason because really what she wants is is the reason and I know I as a kid if my parents were like I said no you're not going to do it it's a no I would be like watch me now I'm going to do it more because you're telling me no and you're not giving me the reason (laughs) why you think it's a no yeah so that I try and give her a reason and there are times that I'm like it's a fucking no. Don't ask me again because it's like, I'm done with you. Yeah. But then later in the day, I go backwards and I'm like, okay, mom shouldn't have done that. And this is why it was a no. So yeah. I try and catch myself as much as I can to give her the reason why. Because I think that curbs um, the rebellious a little bit. Is, oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense why that reason, why she told my mom said right. I couldn't do that. And as she yeah, gets and older, like we just you... have to navigate it. Yeah. Yep. 
I feel like if you wind them up too tight too, it's like thinking about when we were younger, they were like, there's, oh, you yeah. cannot do this. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to sneak around yeah. and figure out how to do this then without my parents right. knowing. And usually my parents always found out. Oh yeah. Right. You'd still go and do it. So it's oh, like, yeah. it's that sweet spot. Like how can I make the rules and help them respect it? And I want to, I feel like, I hope to live up to having those conversations with my girls, not judgmental, not going to be mad. I think I want to live like, I will be more mad at you or more, you'll get in more trouble perhaps if you lie to me. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than tell me the truth. And then we go from there. Like hiding the stuff is what I get nervous about with any, any kiddo, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like I was there. I did that at one point, mm-hmm. but it always mm-hmm. came to the surface. And if my parents found out I lied to them, that was kind of what they said is I, the, the disappointment statement yeah. would come out. I'm not mad at you. I'm very disappointed. And I was like, Oh yeah. God. It's like that word. It just, it kills you. It cuts <laughs> yes. deep, but yes. it's true. Cause I remember even so now that like I'm older, my relationship yeah. with my mom is so much better because we yeah. are so much more open about mm-hmm. everything um but when I was a teen I was a god I was horrible like my mom would be like nope you can't do this so I'd be like I'm gonna go do it times 10 <laughs> you know like so I think and I, that's such a great point of like creating that safe space to like allow your children to be open with you because again for when we grew up I think at the time it was just very much like we had to listen to the authority figure mm-hmm versus no like we will allow you to share why you're feeling the way you're feeling and Mm -hmm. you know why we're doing you know like why we're we're telling you you can't do this because like as you said Christine like the reasoning behind it is so much more important than just being like no um Mm -hmm. and I think yeah I just reflect back myself there was this time that like I got in trouble for going to like a trailer park um with some friends and I, at the time, thought I was getting in trouble because I was going to, like, hang out with poor people, <laughs> like, oh. but because my mom, that sounds yeah. so terrible, no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but it was, like, the poorer area yeah. in yeah. town, so, but, like, the, in my mind, like, that's why I thought I was getting in trouble. Uh-huh. Now, this is, like, years later, right, like, maybe 10, 15 years later, my mom was, like, no, no, I didn't want you going there. And I got upset with you because one, you lied to me of where you're going Two, it was in an area that was not safe. So I didn't want you going Mm -hmm. there. But again, as a teen, I was like, it's because like my, my parents don't want me to like hang out with them because they're poor. Like that's messed up. And then when I told my mom that she's like, we were poor ourselves. Why would I I not let you hang out with poor people? But my brother was, my brother even chimed in and he was like, I thought that was the same reason. Like, he's like, I, that's why, like, I was like, I was like, oh, dang, like, Allison's getting in trouble for that. Like, but it (laughs) is true. Had we been more open about the reasoning behind things, Mm -hmm. it probably would have saved me getting my ass spanked. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. I mean, I can say that now because, you know. That's what they did back then. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. My dad had me by the ankle one time. Oh yeah. Upside down. But <laughs> and I thought it was the worst thing. I packed my I was, I don't know, 
seven, eight, I don't know. Yeah. And I packed my suitcase crying on the top of the stairs saying, I'm moving away. I can't believe he did that. Like I was crying so hard. I still remember, I still can feel it in my like lungs. I was like, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> I would do that too. Well, I'd again, like, I, I'm running away and I'd go to the garage. Like out of all yeah. places. Where, yeah, are, we, where are you go going? But I was like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jolie's trying to sneak in here. Hi, hey, Jojo Bear. I'm, hey, I'm talking. Can you can you go? I gotta talk. Oh, Dad's gonna find out you're in trouble. No. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm so like, yeah, I don't care. I don't you care. say hi. Hi, Jolie. Hi, baby bear. Hi. Okay, you're gonna go take a nap. No, I think this one's a Okay, well you gotta be real quiet. Oh. You can say hi. 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 Hi, Chickaroo. Hi, Chickaroo. Yeah, she like, oh, do we have to be careful night. on like the swear words? But I was like, wait a minute, it's you two. <laughs> it's us. This is this is the little one who knew how to use the context of. So. Hi. <laughs> Uh, knew she knew how to use the context of oh shit by what was it 14 months I'm pretty sure so that's hilarious <clears throat> my bad my bad see this okay. is why like having a foreign parent is like hilarious because like my niece was like oh puck <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's my mom says her SSPs that's awesome oh my god we we're like dying and we couldn't help but laugh because we're like oh my gosh we know you where you heard that from <laughs> where'd you get that from Go ahead. there was one thing like when I like the swearing or anything else and yeah. some parents are very good about not swearing around their kids or and, yeah. and their kids are like so proper and respectful and that's amazing but one I can't remember who had said it to me, but I was going through the postpartum and somebody was like, it doesn't matter what you do at some point in their life, kids are going to eat McDonald's no matter how you yes. raise them. And I yes. was in, at the time I'm like, okay, what? Like, and yeah. basically just meaning like, no matter what you do at some point, they're going like, to fucked up on something yeah whether it's like they're eating shit food or they're saying right. they swear like a trucker like I don't remember my mom my dad for sure but I don't remember my mom or really even George my stepdad ever swearing in front of me growing up and yeah. I swear like a sailor and it oh, was like see, my parents best intentions are my best mom intentions, to my podcast but they're not so a sorry mom for outing you <laughs> but like they would swear in their language and yeah. but the thing is is my brother un and I understood every single word so one time yeah. I like screamed one of the words and my mom got so mad and she was like where did you hear that I'm like well dad says it watching the Vikings like <laughs> so but it's true it's like they think yeah. that's the one thing I did learn about like having nieces is they pick up on every little yeah. thing it is crazy mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. wait when did you hear that <laughs> yeah yeah so, and you're like oh my gosh I've been saying it all the time they know yeah. how to use it that means I've been using it <laughs> right right yes. no yeah I think I, and I think I'm again parenting is I obviously don't know what that's like but I can only imagine how hard it is to navigate and 
truly be the best parent you can be for your child. Because again, everyone is so different. And I mean, props to you guys. Or the hard thing, you get to see it through your sisters or through your brother's family. So like you understand it to the point where it's like, okay, when I'm there and helping and yeah, they usually, they say kids are really great usually for other people. And then, you know, just mm-hmm. envision, envision the worst well. day that they're 10 times worse <laughs> with mom or dad. No, I'm I just think kidding. I had a little bit of a different experience because like, again, Filipinos naturally just live like with their families. Like that's just natural. Mm-hmm. And so before I had moved in with Bennett, like we, I like lived with my brother and like my nieces and basically like I was helping them out and like so I saw the worst of the worst with my nieces Mm -hmm. and I saw the best of the best and I don't know how you parents do it but like seeing the little hands underneath the door being like what are you doing in your in the bathroom it's like can you just let me go in peace and they're like but we're not supposed to lock the door I'm like oh I need to lock the door I need to get away from you for like a second it's like how and it, and then it's like, I literally at one point just stopped locking the door and I just kept it open. And my brother's like, dude, I'm like, yep. I don't have a choice. Like your girls are not letting me have a choice. Like I'm just letting yep. them uh-huh. just come in, do whatever they need to do. Talk to me, like whatever. But it it is, it's, uh, oh man, I just, yeah, I, they don't, they're literally like attached to you. Like I oh. can't. And again, I love my nieces to death but like even bringing them to target i now know why moms love going to target by themselves because mm-hmm. you see mm-hmm. this little hand like grabbing this you. and you see the little this and you're like what are you putting into the cart and they're like but yeah. it looks pretty it's like but we don't need it yes <laughs> yeah yes and so then for a while like the whole like it's not in the budget would work for like a little bit and then my yeah. niece would be like she'd learn numbers and she's like well it's only one dollar and i'm like you're like oh you're not supposed to know this yeah so like I did get a little glimpse of it I mean obviously not to the extent of you know what you guys experience on a day-to-day basis but it is it's it's hard and I can't even imagine navigating and I say that now I mean who knows like I might get knocked up in the next 10 years we we don't know we don't know what's gonna happen and that will be freaking awesome because then we'll sit back Christina and we'll watch it yeah you're gonna be sipping your fucking water (laughs) do you remember those days I know I'm so glad we're not in those days (laughs) you guys I can totally see you guys like with your fucking glass of wine just like "Mm mm-hmm and Al's like over there screaming at him no you can't have another cookie you just had four And then oh being God. like, just have the fucking cookie. Nobody cares. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no pretty cares. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, just go have it. I go think... have it. If you have a stomach ache, then don't yeah. come yeah. to me later. This is, we've told and you. they why. do. Yeah. They yeah. still will come crying to you. And you'll be like, why didn't I just tell them no to the cookie? But, right. you know, it's messy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's messy. It's messy. My friend, actually, uh, my it's friend, Jen. Christina, it's you know Jen. There's a poop. She, it's, oh God. <laughs> She was like, you know, you could do like feed your kid organic, everything, do this, yes. do that, watch yeah. the dyes, do this. But at the end of the day, like they might end up like going to do drugs or they might end up like, yeah. you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like really you can only control so much because mm-hmm. they are going to eventually be at school with their friends. They're going to be out at like parties and stuff like that. So it's like, you ha- you really do have to choose your battles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you can it's only funny control so much. So yeah, yeah. it just some battles are not worth winning yeah yeah 
And I think you can kind of teach them too with like, okay, you need to like with Mila, she's very, she's lactose sensitive, not intolerant, but sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, Mila, you can't have that because it's going to make your tummy hurt. So then she's like, oh, I, and then she's said that too before where if you like a glass of chocolate milk, if we go to the restaurant or something, she's like, oh no, I can't have that. It'll make my tummy hurt. So it's like kids, kids pick up. They listen. Yeah. They listen. Well, it's and, like you just got to teach them. And like you <clears throat> do with the girl, like with Mila, but with the girls in general, like, okay, if you want to have that other cookie, but you're not going to feel good later. And then because you tell them that, and then later their tummy does hurt, they correlate mm-hmm. it together and realize it because mm-hmm. you're giving them that why. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. okay, I'm telling you, you shouldn't really have this because your tummy's going to hurt. Yeah. And then they self-regulate. And I think my, if I, if I come out of this mothering journey with my child being able to make the best decisions for her, that's a win. And those decisions might not be what I would have wanted for her or decided for her, but if she can make those decisions herself and live with the consequence of whatever decisions she makes, and I help her get to that point where she's having that reasoning, I, I feel like that's all I can do. Yeah. Well, and kind of going back to what Rachel said earlier, it's, you know, having, you know, asking yourself, like, is my kid in a stable environment? Is my kid being like kind and in a loving environment? And I think that's, that's huge because you do see some kids who don't come from those type of environments. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad because at the end of the day, like all you want for your child is to feel loved and to, and cause that takes it into your adulthood. I mean, like, my parents were so strict with us that now it's like, I am so hard on myself to a fault and mm-hmm. it, 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 it does stem from childhood. And it's like, yes, it does. It, and it's so, and now like, you know, and then I look at my nieces and they're like, you know, we're all providing them so much love and care and like allowing them to be curious and like figuring out like, okay, well, I think Christina, you did this once, like, uh, with Perianne, it's like, what, you know, she had asked you a question or something. And it's like, well, I don't know, let's look it up. Or like you like, yeah, ended up like looking it up with her. And I started doing it with them with my nieces, because it's like, side note, like, there's a lot of different fucking sharks out there that I had no idea about (laughs) until Amara showed me and I was like, I'm never going in the ocean with you. She's like, they're not gonna bite you. I was like, okay, well, um, you know, it is. it's just allowing them to really like, okay, you are sparking an interest in something. Let's let's take it further and like research together and learn together about what it is that you're curious about. Because I think that the knowledge aspect is so huge too, because I think the more we hinder the children, it's like, then they're gonna let their curiosity go in a completely opposite direction. I feel like in pr- probably one of the worst possible ways. <laughs> so yeah, and I think, they're always starving for just that connection so even if it's like okay let's take a few minutes and look up sharks or like if they're if they're constantly what I'm finding with the girls and perhaps it happens for a lot of people too is when they're having a really hard day emotionally when their emotions are all over the board then I look and I'm like okay they just don't know how to say it I want your attention it's kind of like me when I'm like Nick I want you to take me out on a date or Nick I just like let's just snuggle and watch TV and not be with our phones and not be staring yeah. at 
a laptop, not be staring at the TV. Like they, I feel like are craving that when they're in those days where their emotions are like all over the board and you can't regulate them. Mm -hmm. Then I find when I just say, look at them and I'm like, do you need a hug? Do we just need to have a minute and have a hug and talk this out? Not always does it work, but I'll say like 87% of the time it works (laughs) where it's like, I agree. I just need you to look at me mom and tell me you love me and look at me and know I'm here and not because I'm guilty of scrolling through my phone I like to Uh associate with everything around me and just like zone out like everybody needs and yeah I feel like they just doing those little things of like let's look this up together or let's go clean your room together I don't know all those little things I feel like they add up yeah, it reminds or, me of let's take a break from each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I go on my, your pad and I need my phone. Yeah, I think my it favorite helps. for like the attention part was my older niece, Amara. She was probably like maybe three, four at the time, but she had gotten like an either an Elsa or an Anna like dress, right? From Frozen. The best. And she like put it on and she was like, feeling so pretty she was like twirling in it and she like went in front of Bennett and like Bennett didn't say anything because you know like he was like is she gonna say something and then finally like Amara would get like closer and closer to Bennett and like he still wasn't saying anything so she finally screamed (laughs) and he was like oh my god but I was like it's because she wanted you to see her like yeah like and her pretty dress but it was just like so funny because I'm like God, that was like a foreshadowing to our, our marriage. But you know, it's fine. <laughs> oh god. But just that yeah, recognition. Okay. They wanted the yeah, recognition. Right. Hindsight yeah. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's just the but it is it's like those little things. Seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's those little things that you don't think about until like again they're like speaking out about it. Um, I guess for you guys, what has been the most rewarding part about being a parent? Take it away, Christina. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, I think going, seeing their personalities develop and -hmm. just encouraging that personality, Mm -hmm. um, but seeing them become who they are and growing into who they are and um, just those little moments of them figuring it out is my absolute favorite. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I feel like the personality thing is pretty amazing because especially with having the two so close together, I figured, oh, they're going to love the same things and do the same things, be the same person. But Mila is so quiet and reserved and soaks everything in and loves to sit and get lost in art and loves to learn when then you have Jolie who is vicious and in a good way and loves to just go for it and she likes to she's so funny and it's hilarious to see that side for both of them so differently um but also to see their kindness because they're very kind people um but also I think honestly that's rewarding but I also going back to what I said earlier I feel like just the relationships that have come from Mm -hmm. motherhood for me 
have been the most rewarding because not only have I built these great friendships and built them much stronger than ever before, um, my relationship with Nick has become so strong. Yes, there's a lot of mm-hmm. hard times because marriage is the hardest thing I've ever experienced. Um, well, besides parenthood, I think parenthood trumps it all. Um, but we've become so much stronger because we had to, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think if you can go through parenthood and not everybody gets to parent their children together, for whatever reasons and that's okay too but I think if you can go through parenthood with your significant other spouse and grow together Mm -hmm. and separately and be okay with it it is a it's exciting to see that relationship grow um and being able to be on the same page Mm -hmm. while parenting your kids and if you can do that I think that's just everything Mm mm-hmm no, that's a good point. And is there some, is there like advice that you guys would give to someone who's like a parent to be on, you know, not necessarily what to expect, but really to allow themselves to be okay with whatever uncomfortable feelings that they're feeling um, and how to work through that. Trust your gut, trust what your intuition is telling you. And whether it be a doctor tells you something, a friend tells you something, a parent tells you something, your spouse tells you something. If your gut is saying this isn't what's best for my child, it's not what's best for your child. And you grew that, especially for moms, you grew that kid for nine months. Um, Or even moms who adopt, you have that motherly intuition. Just trust it And, and, and trust it, decide on it and keep going don't mm-hmm. decide on it and then second guess your gut because it's not wrong for whatever mm-hmm. reason it's it's telling you what needs to happen and just trust that and and be at peace with the decision you made mm-hmm. I like that because I motherly intuition I never realized how great of an impact that has on you because your gut is right within life I feel like trust your gut in so many things because my gut's never been wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it and might not be a popular decision. You yeah. know, it, it may be very unpopular yeah. and that's okay. I, yeah. it, it just has to be what's right for me, my kid, my family, and mm-hmm. I'm going to trust it and keep going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something that you guys, I mean, as far as like postpartum stuff, um, how do you feel has changed since you first started um to now with kind of more of the awareness of postpartum depression anxiety or you know any any of those types of feelings um the mentality behind it and stigmas how do you feel like it's changed or has it changed I think we're lucky that sorry go ahead no you go ahead you go ahead I think we're lucky especially through COVID we've seen such an uptick of mental health illness in general that that stigma I feel for the most part is kind of lifted and people are a little more forgiving of the mental health stuff um I I think personally you still have to embrace whatever mental health struggle you're going through and deal with it it's Mm -hmm. it's easier not to deal with it but in the long run it's going to be worse so I think it's been getting better I still think when it comes to motherhood, there's still a lot of mom 
and parent guilt. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think probably another thing I would give out any new parent is start seeing a therapist. And people are so like anti-therapy sometimes, or not even therapists. Maybe it's talking to a mom friend. Maybe it's talking Mm -hmm. to a, a confidant. Maybe it's talking to somebody through church. But share your your fears your excitement all your different things and get used to sharing because if it's out then it's not suffocating you inside yeah so I think Mm -hmm. that would be another advice thing to get it out and you may get a weird look like oh my god you really thought about that but it's out there and it will come back around there's been a lot of things that I said during postpartum and through my journey that I shared with people and I felt at the time they may have been judging me, but eight years later, there's people coming to me and they're like, I know you were very open with your journey of infertility or postpartum and X, Y, Z. And they feel, I, I, I feel honored that my struggle helped somebody realize they can come to me as a safe space, even if we're not the best of friends. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think just finding those resources of those safe places and and being open and having somebody who's there for you is going to be your biggest asset no I agree I feel like you with what you said about people coming to you later on I feel like the stigma has somewhat lifted I feel like that's a personal decision too to say like okay I'm going to express the way I feel about my mental health or someone else's mental health. I think it's um, more people are maybe comfortable with saying where they are Mm -hmm. in their mental health journey. But I also think you have to come to the point with yourself and your own insecurities to say, okay, I am not doing well, or things are not going well with whether it's the kids or my marriage or, and that's you telling your, whether it's your spouse or having a one-to-one conversation with a really good friend. I feel like you have to realize that there should be no judgment in that. And maybe it's only your own thoughts that are your hardest judgment. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like our own thoughts are are sometimes our biggest enemy. Um, but I do find it, like you said, a very, I find it very honoring if someone comes to you and says, hey, this is what I'm going through. And so I hope that no one ever feels judged when they come to talk to me about it, because I always look at it as, wow, I can't believe you want to come to me. That's such, yeah. that makes me feel incredibly grateful because I realize that you are trusting me with mm-hmm. such a impactful thing on your life, whether it's your mental health or status of a relationship or something. It's, it's just for someone to trust me with that is fantastic or me to go to you, Christina, or you, Al, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, that's what friendship's about. That's what life's about. It's figuring out all this crap. It's never perfect. Well, it just to go off of that too, is just in general of just being okay with sharing your journey um, mm-hmm. and having those raw conversations because Again, like at first when I was, again, this is different than parenthood, but when I was going through like the divorce, like Christina, you know this, like I was so scared to tell anyone about it because I was so ashamed of the fact that like my marriage didn't even last five years, you know? And it's like, I didn't know like who I was 
anymore because it's like you lose your sense of self in any type of milestone, like whether it be marriage or um, parenting or both. It's just you don't really realize how far deep you've gone until something like that hits you. And then you have to really reflect back. So I think that I thank you guys both for uh, helping me through that and navigate through that, because I think once I started opening up to others about it and really talking out loud with people, I felt a lot more comfortable in who I was and what I was dealing with, because it almost helps you to see that other people are struggling with other things or something similar to what you're going through, not necessarily the same thing, but something similar that they can relate to and give you advice as to how to heal and move forward into a new chapter. Mm -hmm. Or even just to listen. Doesn't it help so much when someone just like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy to even just share, you know, like whatever it is that's going on. Because again, I've had friendships in the past that going back to like the relationships, the relationships you build as you get older, you know, in the past, it's like, I I wouldn't be able to talk to certain people that it's not that they have come from a place of like ill intent or anything. It's just, I don't feel that I need to share my story with them or that they would receive it in a way that I needed them to receive it. Yeah. Yeah. I think as Shrek says, better out than in. That's what I always say. <laughs> Whether it be thoughts or, you know, your emotions. Get them out. And onions. Those people around We're all you, onions. Peeling back those layers. Oh, I love peeling it. Back the layers, finding the people that you can peel back the layers with. And if that's one person, that's amazing. If it's 10 people, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But your tribe, so to speak, doesn't have to be your high school reunion of 90 hundred people mm-hmm. right it's fake and, mm-hmm. and find your small group or find your one person and um be open to them and let them be open to you and life is just so much better that way yeah mm-hmm. preach girl. I'd rather have preach. four quarters than a hundred pennies you know oh look at Pop you up. little hair That's I don't yeah. know <laughs> of all sorts of life's good stuff so I I think that's like a good one to end on because you ended it with Shrek quote so I like that and the quarters (laughs) Uh, but I appreciate I really do appreciate you guys being open about your guys's journeys because again not everyone is comfortable sharing what they've gone through in parenthood or the realities of parenthood Um, so I appreciate you guys joining me today for this episode because I think this is a really good one because you guys are just amazing people, amazing friends, amazing parents. And I, I'm not even, again, I am a little biased, but you guys truly are <laughs> doing amazing. And you guys have been such rocks in my relationship life and single life now. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? We're, we're, uh, hoeing and healing. Hoeing. Yeah. <laughs> when my friend saw that I was like dying, I'm like, what let's do it let's just let's do it let's let's call it hoeing and healing I mean just kidding mom uh (laughs) we're kidding we're talking about gardening going to church you know yeah I was gonna say we're talking about gardening (laughs) the gardening club it's the hoeing and healing garden club exactly exactly 
sprinkling flowers with love. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They grow. I'm yeah. so... <laughs> oh, other things need to grow for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to like bleep that out. Um, but oh. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I like to end with a fun lightning round. Oh okay. boy. Okay, are you guys ready? Ready. Yes. All right. Ready. Donuts or cake? Cake. Cake. Chocolate cake. Well, okay. <laughs> With buttercream frosting. Yeah. Little ganache. <laughs> my, I speak. This is just another sidebar, but my favorite part was when I was making your birthday cake, Christina, and I asked Nick, I'm like, which should I do? I, and I even knew the answer, but I just was kind of curious to see what he would say. I was like, chocolate or vanilla? He's like, vanilla. I was like, no, I'm going to make chocolate <laughs> because vanilla is for you, Nick. He does that with everyone. He did that same thing. We, yeah. I, I don't know. How, it was before kids. This is pre-kid era. And I texted Nick or maybe we called him. I don't know. Either way. And sent him a message said, hey, what is Christina's favorite cake for her birthday? And he goes, um, strawberry Strawberry shortcake. And I was like, and I looked at Nick and I was like, I don't think that's right. I think Christina likes, I go, I think that's, I think he's saying it for Nick. And this is before I really knew them. And so I got a chocolate cake and damn right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I knew it. I know Nick's always trying to, you know, Tell us that we're different. Okay. Um, if you guys could be any animal, what would you be? Elephant. Ooh. It's just because it's my favorite. Yeah, I know. Ooh. What would I be, you guys? Oh, that's a hard one. I'm a, such an animal lover. Um, a straight cat? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking I'd be... I'm like, would I be a cat or a dog? I feel like I would be a cat because cats can sleep all the time and they're not expected to walk. They could lay in the sun and also be bitchy to people, and people just accept it. They're like, "Yeah, that's just oh, how that's a good is. one." Or a dog, a because one. I do love. I'm I'm a lover, but I think I'm I think I'm rolling with cat. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see that. I can see that. Yep. Uh, yep. Favorite movie? Top Gun. Ooh, Dirty Dancing. Ooh, Ooh look at you one. guys throwing out those old nostalgia Classics. movies. Classics. <laughs> uh, favorite color? Black. <laughs> Ooh. I go between green, like tealy green or red. I thought you were going to be like gray or black. (laughs) (laughs) I go between gray or or dark gray. Uh, Favorite food. Say it again. Favorite food. Favorite food. Uh, French fries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably French fries. That's probably a good one. I could live off of them. Me too. Uh, do you guys have any hidden talents? If so, what are they? Keep in mind, this is a family podcast. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say the fuck. I mean, F words or anything. Um, hmm, hidden talent. I can belch very loud. Oh, that's a good one. I can, um, curl my toes and walk on my toes. <laughs> really? I need to see this. Can yeah. you show I us know. this right now? No, just I, <laughs> I, no, I can't show you right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hairline fracture. I know. I was like, show us it right now. Prove it. Take off the boot. Right. Exactly. (laughs) We don't care if you're hobbling. (laughs) Yeah. What does a person need to be happy? Ooh. 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 Damn. Love. Ooh. Yeah. Love was the first thing that came to my mind, too. Mm -hmm. I like that. First Mm -hmm. celebrity crush. 
Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. I think mine was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I thought you were going to be like Donnie Wahlberg. I thought she was going to say that too. (laughs) I don't think he was my first crush. I think Jonathan Taylor Thomas was because I think I was like maybe... You know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was more. JTT was like to my a age. hot one. Yeah. Well, he was more he closer was... to my age. But yeah. Donnie Wahlberg would be my longest celebrity crush. He's yeah. your longest love. Yeah. And like, I yeah. would be your in law because yeah. Mark Wahlberg is my longest crush. Oh my yeah. gosh. Mark. Mm. Well, yeah. shit. Like, should I go for Jenny McCarthy then? So that yes. we can all be related? Oh. Then we'll all just spend holidays together and drink wine. This sounds yeah. fantastic. I like it. Let's do yeah. this. My hall pass is Jenny McCarthy and Donnie Wahlberg. Each mm-hmm. are on my hall pass. That's it. Those two. That's Bring it. them both together. I actually really like Mila yeah. Kunis. Mila Kunis, beautiful. Yeah. Hence my daughter's yeah. name, Mila. Yeah. Like just, yep. yeah. Uh, toilet paper roll over or under? Over. Yeah, over. Okay, so Christina, you're not the culprit at the office. I've been calling someone out on each episode because someone, every time I go to the bathroom, it's like the mullet style. And it's uh, yeah, I was going to say beard or like, a mullet. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Who keeps putting it like this? We need to find out who's... Instinctively, it's because, you know why? it it I put it that way because, you know, like when you put it on the, right, the, the, yeah. the, the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has to, I feel like it has to come forward. Right. It's always ready. It's like yeah. an OCD thing. Right. Yeah. No. So like, I will change it if I see it in our bathroom, but I'm like, who's the culprit? Who is it? Now there's know. only two other people. It's either Kara or Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm um, going with Hillary. I'm just kidding, Hillary. <laughs> I bet now that they're like, if they listen to this, they're probably going to purposely do it now just to drive me crazy. Yeah. Uh, most humbling, I'm going to do it now. I know. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> you bitch um <laughs> most humbling experience uh, having postpartum oh oh um oh god I don't even know that's a hard one humbling being, being a parent just being I, told, I was just yeah. gonna say like is that just like that like like kind of no. going off of that being a parent no. honestly that's, yeah. a, that's a definitely a humbling experience uh yeah. what is a dream vacation spot that's on your guys's bucket list vermont in the fall oh maldives and then what did you say rachel vermont in the fall oh i've actually heard really good things about that and it's beautiful i saw okay oh. yep yep okay i like that one all right here's the, here, this one's been a tough one for people what is a song that best describes your life right now Rachel, your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, that is a good one. Oh, I know. Shoot, shoot. Um, I, I think um, Kelly Clarkson, "My Life Would Suck Without You" is just like a natural oh, anthem that me good, and, oh, and the girls one. rock out. Yeah, that's a good one. And it feels good with this podcast right here. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah, one. That's a good one. I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I thought you were going to say. Maybe that country song. That beautiful mess, that country song. Ooh. Oh. I won't, I won't sing it, but it's like, beautiful mess this is. Live yes. oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh, what's his name? I know exactly. I know. I don't know. But I know, I know what it. song. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
If you could have any superpower, what would it be? You guys are already moms, so that doesn't count. Oh, invisibility. Damn. It'd be the best mom. Invisibility. Oh God, you would, you oh. would creep. Invisibility. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah. Oh, that'd be freaking awesome. I would want to fly. Christina would to, like to oh, use her invisibility traffic. to pull more pranks on people. Yes, she would. Probably. Probably. Oh, uh, okay. What is your guys' favorite memory of us? There's so oh. many. I know. I know. Honestly, the New Kids on the Block concert was yeah. freaking up there. That was a lot of fun. That and so that fun. I I would agree. Yeah. It was just a good time and it was just like you know, like they put on such a good show in general. And I think you just, it's like, it truly is. I, their tour is always like called block party, but it's truly like a big yeah, block party. And you're just like hanging out and having fun. And I think everybody needs that. Well, and, I and think, we all just needed that. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was, I think that was like a perfect time for all of us because we were all going through something at the time. Yeah. And I think that was the perfect time. And it was just so much fun to be with you guys. And I always love like going out and doing girls nights with you guys anyways, but yeah. that was just Which fun. Cause mean. yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's yeah. so needed. Um, okay. So here's the ultimate question. Now, what is a word of advice that you would give to today's youth? Don't keep up with the Joneses. Cause the Joneses are broke. <laughs> I love you, Christina. Just keep roughing up. I know, like, love yeah, it. That's oh. that's something Lori would say. So oh, that, that is that is a, yeah, that is a good yeah, that's a good Lori quote. Good old Lori. I love it. So. I, mine would be stay weird because I am yeah, weird, yes. I always hated it, but now I'm like, I feel like being weird is the best unique quality you can be. I yeah. love that. Be unique. I love your guys. Damn, this is like. This is charting to number one, guys. <laughs> this is the fucking number one podcast. Bring it up. Bring it on, bring guys. Bring them up. Bring them up. Yep. You're welcome. No, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. No, actually, no, but really, hats off to you guys. <laughs> no, but I really do appreciate you guys doing this because I have always wanted to talk to you guys about like the not that I don't talk to you guys about the postpartum stuff, but really getting it out there because I feel like I have some friends that are, you know, either hoping to have children or have like newborns and stuff that really, that are on the younger side, that it's like the, the reality of it is so different than, than what you are perceiving it to be. So yeah, I think it's so important. First year is rocky that first year. And then once you get past it, it gets different, hard, but yeah each year is a different type of hard but that first year just get through it well yeah, now you gotta get through it get through it even my yeah. sister-in-law was like saying I think the hardest part in that first year she's like even if like your brother wanted to help it was the girl only like the girls only wanted the boob like they mm -hmm. only wanted to yeah. be breastfed to fall only asleep or yeah be with mom and so I I get that and I I'd feel bad sometimes for the the husbands or spouses on that mm -hmm. but also yeah I just yeah. don't want to be you know I don't want to end up one of Nick Nick Cannon's baby mamas so oh well number 13 on the way no well, I'm just kidding I, don't yeah. <laughs> I mean towing and healing towing <laughs> is healing let's go out to LA let's yeah. get you hey Although, did you know did you know that Pete you Davidson's in, also single <laughs> what's that Pete Davidson's also single you know so bring it up both, both of them 
did you know I'm taking him child in this. support after 11 kids that's I'm just saying wait what saying. that's what I heard on I think I was watching selling sunset they said that you don't have to pay child support after 11 kids shut up so don't 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 go for Nick go for Pete for sure so we've heard well clearly how he much of be- Hollywood can you believe true this is true but, I mean if you look at his dating history it's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Let's just oh, throw yeah. it in there. Mm-hmm. Just throw mm-hmm. me into the mix. I mean, yeah. he does like some sort of like, you know, ethnic, ethnic. Yeah, thank you. Yes, because <laughs> I was like Kim Kardashian and you know Ariana Grande. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm gonna just just gonna run and dive in. We're like, just gonna throw what? Allison out there. Dive in, dive Here in, Pete Davidson world. <laughs> rock his world yep. Uh, yep well you know <laughs> you oh gosh it. i'm sorry al's mom I know. we're talking about gardening again <sighs> my mom well it's so funny because my mom is like how do i listen to your podcast so she started listening to like each episode right but she legit would listen to like the first five minutes and then like change it i was like do you just not like my voice mom oh and my gosh like, no it's fine i'm like just okay thanks mom thanks for the support you know how my mom is she's just she does her own thing it doesn't matter i love it she'll probably like say that she's listened to all my episodes but in reality it's probably like the intro (laughs) she'd be like yeah i heard all the i heard what every episode's about yeah (laughs) i don't think i said anything inappropriate until this episode so oh well I mean, that's, she, that's what we do we bring out all yeah. the inappropriate goose or juicy gossip yeah i mean stay weird guys stay, exactly. stay weird stay weird stay weird, stay weird and right. always better out than in and, exactly <laughs> literally in so many different life, ways life ways <laughs> but anyways all right. i'm proud of you thank you thank you but thank you guys you. again and i will of course i will talk to you guys soon Oh my gosh, thank you. This is a lot of fun. I love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.